All right, welcome to episode 260 of No Putts Given. On today's episode, we got a lot to cover. Patrick Reed moving a lot of sand in a bunker. We've got a collaboration between Nike and Seamus, Miura, and Link Soul. We've got some new shoes from Asics. Be ready, old dudes. They're coming for you. And we've got Tommy Armour visiting my Goss by Test facility with some clubs that I think you might remember. Let's get it. No Putts Given is powered by My Golf Spy, the most extensive reviews in golf. Before you buy, My Golf Spy. Nine million readers do it every year. Check us out. All right, so this week, biggest topic going around the interwebs is Patrick Reed <laughs> and uh, whether or not he cheated or not. And I don't even know that there's a discussion really to be had here. It was a bad I mean, camera angle. What are you talking about? <laughs> Tony, what do you think? Uh, it, it's a lot of sand to move without noticing. <laughs> I filled in holes with less around here. And look, everybody had like somebody they played with growing up, right? That cheated, you know? Yeah. You knew he cheated. He was a cheater, right? And Patrick Reed has been known as a cheater for more than just the last tournament. So at this point, you know, it's it's tough for him to argue away the fact that that was just a camera angle. And, uh, you know, what do you think about this? Like, if you're playing with a guy that does that in a tournament. So you're a, a All-American, which Tony hates to hear for whatever reason. No, I just, it used to be, uh, <laughs> I'd always ask, always ask Sam if he was an All-American. That was kind of <laughs> Well, we got an empty seat over here. So we got one All-American, and that's all we ever had. And that's all we still have. But as an All-American golfer, which is getting ready to go pro, uh, you're playing in a pro, your first pro event. You, you know, are one shot, you know, you're dead even with the guy, right? You're playing with him. You see him do that. What does that make? What happened? You know, what are you, what are you thinking? Uh, it would be tough. Like if it was like an unintentional mistake, if I'd you be like, heard about this guy doing, these if I've heard things. about it, then I would say, look, dude, yeah. what are you doing? This is like a good chunk of money. Like he was in contention to win, uh, to win that tournament. Right. Yeah. And I think he lost by two strokes because of the penalty. Well, it's interesting, right? For me, I don't say anything. Like I let like if you're a cheater, you know, you gotta sleep in your own bed at night, right? And yeah. deal with that, you know? But I do think subconsciously it affects you when you play. Like Oh, for sure, yeah. I feel like he probably the wheels came off a little bit because of that subconsciously that he knew that he did that and he's yeah, done it before, that. you know? Yeah, I mean if it's just you and your buddies, it's it is what it is. If you're playing for like ten bucks here and there. But when you're playing for like millions of dollars and thousands yeah. of dollars, it definitely makes a difference and i would i would probably call him out if i was winning my say say if this was my first tournament i was in contention to win hell yeah what do you th- you think he's like one of the most despised golfers on tour by other players tony he's i mean he's gotta be i mean i i can't what was that name you had for him the other day on twitter <laughs> oh that yeah i mean that came from a you know, more than one of my, my buddies inside the industry, some of whom have worked with Patrick Reed in the past. I mean, fat prick Reed. I mean, that's that's kind of his <laughs> reputation is it's, you know, it's obviously there's a reputation of what you see on, gol- on on the golf course and how he conducts himself with, you know, the shovel wedge and things like that. But, you know, people who have have worked with him uh, in that capacity, it, they don't they don't speak well of him either. I mean, it's, it's just a, he's. Not a nice guy by all accounts. So I, I found it funny that because when he won the Masters, the only person to greet him at the green was the probably number two uh, hated man in golf, and that was Bubba Watson. Mm. <laughs> so there was two of them together. Yeah, I think you know Mizuno had a club that would be perfect for him. I think they should probably reach out to him and try to sponsor him the Donkey Shovel. <laughs> there you go, right? Bring back that. Uh, yeah, it's the right guy for the right wedge. Yeah, it's the right time to bring the donkey shovel back, I think. But, but he's not the only one that's got caught. Uh, Vijay Singh apparently got caught in the uh, was it Asian tour, I think it was, by signing um, a wrong score at the end when everything was done. He had to a get caddy into. that said he had some issues, correct? Yeah, is I mean antler spray. I remember that. Like, yeah, I mean it's. <laughs> look, there's a lot of guys who are going to look for every advantage they can on the golf course, right? The rules are. You know, I've been told, right, the, the rules are there to help you. And so, I mean, guys look for ways to, to get around them and improve lies within the rules, right? You see questionable drops all the time and things like that. But this is, this is something entirely different. This is, 
you know, sort of cleaning up. And I, <laughs> apart from the fact that it is a hazard, right? I so I suppose you could argue that what is a bunker if not just a a collection of millions upon millions of loose impediments? So <laughs> maybe that maybe that's the logic there. But I yeah. I don't know. I don't it's, even think it was, should have been that big of a deal on anywhere because it's not like it's a shock, you know. But I think what was more interesting is like the PJ Tours social media accounts the next day. You could tell it was trying to play like damage control by him, like signing, like being nice to some little kid out on the thing, yeah. and covering. It. You're like, come on, man, like, dude's a cheater. You know well, I mean? he, when when he says it's, it's the camera angle. He never apologized at all. He just said it was the yeah, camera it was, angle. It's, it was on him. That was kind of the issue, right? If it, if it had been angled away from him, it would have been fine. Yeah. Well. <laughs> anyway, next up on no putts given is collabs or collaborations and kind of nothing new to golf definitely nothing new to other industries for sure golf just kind of got into it the last couple of years we've done a couple of them with some different people i've had fun we did one with jack kustu on a really cool putter and they're fun to do right and the most recent ones are nike and seamus that came out with a shoe and then miora and link soul came out with a four set uh, four club set uh, that runs $1,300. And um, yeah, so I don't know why you couldn't just buy any set and just throw away four clubs and keep the other four. <laughs> just buy four clubs, right? You can custom anything. But I've got some around the corner, like the used use section. Yeah. 20 bucks you could get away with yeah, that. Four infomercial clubs right there in the corner. Boom. There's a, there's there's a, a collab. collab right there. Harry and Adam collab. <laughs> Walmart and Harry Nodwell. <laughs> but there's a lot of reasons why golf companies do them, you know, or anybody would do them, right? One is the creative nature of them, which is the the reason why I like doing them. And I think a lot of uh, creative people probably do them from a business standpoint. A lot of big companies probably do them or are known to do them to try to get small again, right? Try to be relevant to that, you know, smaller. Uh, it Once you get really big, it's hard to get it's small hard to again. Get, yeah, it's hard to pull back. And I think it kind of brings them back into the light of they actually have a heart and they're not just a robot that wants to make millions and millions of dollars. They actually want to help the industry grow. Very good point because take Seamus Goff, right, Tony? I mean, they're about as... The word you're looking for is authentic, right? That's yeah. Kind of hand, right? Like handcrafted, small kind of family run, wholesome maybe, right? If you want to use that word. And and if you look at the other side of that, right? Nike, Nike, you could, you could argue that if you were to summarize its entire failure in the golf business was that it it never never found a way to be authentic or authentically golf right there was like this giant sports brand that just seemed out of place in the golf industry and they tried to force it right putting like country club shield logos they did for a couple of years you know things like that but they never really kind of reached a core golfer and a, and a traditionalist right a traditionalist like uh like Seamus does so like you said, I think it, it kind of gives Nike some grounding in the golf industry that they never had previously. And I think, you know, there's certainly some rumors that they're trying to work their way back in, not with clubs, but there'll be bags and things like that. So Yeah, and, you know, they thought the, the logo, the shield, was enough to just slap on anything, right, and be into golf. But Seamus, like you say, the word is kind of authentic, and they happen to be in the backyard of Nike, right? So perfect kind of storm. It looked for, good. They did. It looked really good. And I heard they sold out pretty fast, which is no surprise. Well, I mean, all that all that limited edition Nike stuff goes, yeah. Yeah. The other one is Link Soul and Miura. And kind of cool, yet, you know, I can see both sides of the coin in this one. It's called Color Theory, and it's basically four irons, and it kind of takes tries to take you back to being a shot shaper in traditional golf and get you away from this, you know, uh, smash it, you know, 315 yards and just That's get up. That's terrible. And, Why would you want to do that? <laughs> yeah. So I actually, you know, we've been talking to some people recently uh, that are in the industry and just naturally have started doing this. So I don't know if it's a new trend that's starting to happen or what, but this minimalism of getting back to, you know, real golf shots and things like that. There are quite a few people talking about it. Um, I don't know if that's what this really is or if this is really just a way to kind of, I don't know, Tony, PXG really hurt their bottom line, right? I mean, like, they punched them in the mouth. Yeah, I mean, you, you if you go back, right, five, six years now before PXG really entered the market, there, there's certainly a case to be made that Miura was 
was a leader in that premium space and i guess i would i would probably just define premium as 1600 and above for a set of irons right that was that was where miura was obviously pxg came came in a lot higher and you know sort of the uh those guys with with the money to spend gravitated there because arguably pxg had more of a performance story and, and was more of a performance iron uh, so they they were winning the launch monitor battle if you will that's probably the best way to explain it and obviously you've got titleist with the concept series fighting in that space and callaway with epic forged and the flash forge star whatever right there they're super premium iron as well so there's a lot of competition in that space that wasn't there five years ago and miura's kind of having to reinvent itself and and try and find a new place to live and be successful um and it's yeah because uh, let's face it you know they were known for that fairy dust you know magic that they put into their you know clubs and at the end of the day they weren't winning any launch monitor battles right so as launch monitors became more and more popular more and more people were being able to see their numbers for the first time. And now the majority of people can go anytime they want for the most part and see the truth, right? Yep. And PXG not only hit them with a, even a more price point, a higher price point, but they hit them with something that actually performed better than uh, the Muir's had, you know, had been known to perform. Yeah. Yeah. It was a, a performance story versus sort of a, hey, you know, single piece, traditionally forged classic right kind of again yep. for the traditionalist very simple right simple is probably a good way to look at it too yeah so simple and traditional and classic is something i think that is pretty much gone some people are trying to give that back but i think those days are over like, i think so there's always going to be people that want that look and think they that's cool but nowadays man that i just don't think that trend is going to come back at least for a while i could definitely see that if you're trying to shoot a low score, right? And again, we, we talked exactly. to, there there are different kind of golfers, right? We talked to these guys who like to go out on a Sunday with six clubs in their bag and, and just have a good time and, and play really simple golf because that's the way they enjoy playing. And, and that's fine. And I think that's that's who this set ultimately appeals to. Uh, given the price point though, I got to wonder, right? I can I can pull three, four clubs out of my bag. I can I can take anybody else's clubs and bend them to a loft spec that kind of Dude, mess. let's be let's be honest with what this set is. This set is for people that just want cool. That's it. Well, they have money to blow as well. Well, and I mean there there is that the link soul angle too, right? Which again, you know, is kind of that that chill goat hill kind of golf the way you want to kind of vibe and I think that's that's who this appeals to. How do, how do, how is this golf the way you want to when it's really just a blank club with a color on it and it's four clubs at 1300 bucks golf the way you want to is go out to a, a you know a thrift store and put four shitty clubs together and see and what you score. for five bucks and go see what happens that's that's well, doing I mean, it how you want to uh, uh, this is trying to be cool just, this is trying to be a hipster it's well it's it's like I said, I think if you're going to do this, Link Soul is an awesome partner to have because it, it really fits with with that particular vibe. Well, but it gives you the authenticity of being yeah, like authentically chill, right? That's yeah. kind of like whereas Miura is is very classic, very traditional. But but there's nothing less authentic about being chill than just hooking up with somebody that's chill that makes you look more chill. Like that's just lame. Why do I need to buy four clubs for thirteen hundred dollars to be cool? But then, but then you can flip it again. Well, it's no different than PXGs. You, you can flip I mean? it like that. You could do anything. So there is a market for these. For these, um, I think there's set. less and less of a market for that stuff. Definitely every year. You know, this is this is something nobody else is doing, right? And one of the key things when you're you're trying to sell golf clubs is is finding a way to differentiate yourself. And I don't I don't know if a four club set is make better is, is, Well, yeah. <laughs> I get that. It's a differentiation, but I think it's lame because all it is is, hey, let's be different to be different. And hopefully we sell some sets and look cool. But this ain't cool, man. This is just this is desperate, in my opinion. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. Like it's it's not it's not. Yeah, it's nothing I saw and was like, ooh, I, I got to have that, you know. But again, I'm not I'm not a I'm not a four club golfer. I think it's what you said. It's Muir going, who the hell are we now? Right. We sold out, we've been bought by someone else. They've got a different vision, a modern vision for Miura, which I actually think there needed to be one. They have shifted some of the line into that performance iron space designed to compete. But it's uh, I mean, they, they lost so much ground so fast. Yeah, they were 10 years behind, if not more. Well, do you think Muir's, Muir's name's completely changed? Like, when I first came over here, 
and I was playing golf in college, everyone was like, oh, you got a Mura wedge or something like that. That Mura was like gold dust and it was hard to come by and you got it and you were like, oh yeah, I played I think Mura. it depends on who you are. If you're in the industry and you know who owns it now versus who before, yeah. then you probably know things have changed. If you're somebody that, you know, isn't really... Um, but I don't hear that. I don't hear that anymore. No, that's. I, I think Harry's right. I don't really hear. Muir is the big name where. Oh yeah, I've got a Muir club. It's like, all right, you got Muir. That's fine. Great. No, I think. I think if you're, you know, for the for the guy who just kind of has has heard of a brand and never seen it, really is kind of like that guy. It's probably the PXGs or or the Concepts or or something like that, right? Sort of right. a, an an elevated mainstream or closer to the mainstream offering. And yeah, I think, I think some of the shines probably come off mirror in, in the last several years. So we're talking a lot about collabs in golf and tons of collaborations going outside of golf. More are starting to happen in golf. You know, do you think golfers really give a damn about collaborations? I think, I mean, ultimately really depends if you, you care about one company or the other, or both, um, you know, there, there's some stuff where you're like, eh, who, who gives a damn? Like this one, Miura and Link Soul is, is kind of interesting if it, it appeals to you. But, you know, if I'm thinking like, where could something really cool for it come from? I'm like, how about, how about Callaway X TaylorMade, right? Something like that, where these, these two behemoths, the, the industry leaders put their heads together and, and take the best of their technologies and go, yeah, you know what? We're going to, we're going to put our, uh, put aside these rivalries for a little bit and just make something really awesome just one time. Oh my Damn, God. Callaway and TaylorMade would be pretty cool. It'd be like the end of a well, it'd be like Christmas time, like during the world during the World War One, where they came together in the <laughs> middle of the. Uh, um, Are you talking about the soccer game in the snow? <laughs> yeah, the soccer game in the snow. There you go. Yeah, see, I no man's I, land. Boom. No man's land. I got there eventually. That's a real thing. It happened. Yeah, and but it would have been cool though if that if that actually happens. Dude, and if they TaylorMade come and together. Callaway co- collaborate on something, that would be the most authentic badass collaboration ever in the history of golf. Period, bar none. Because there are so many like real Oof. hate. I mean, like, <laughs> oh, man. like yeah, it's r- like <laughs> real <some> hatred. Le- <laughs> there's there's some legitimately like bad, tainted, spoiled, rotten blood there. Like it's yeah, yeah like legitimately yeah. don't like each other. All right, but if you on the flip side. What about having two other brands that haven't got any beef with each other? Here's what I like about those collabs, Harry. Like the collabs that wouldn't be about like, hey, let's do this because this would be cool by connecting that cool company and us that's not that cool. If it would just be like, hey, man, like you guys do really good work and we love how you do this and we think we can add something to that by doing what we do really well. That's a that's a badass collaboration, in my opinion. Well, yeah, you'd love. I mean, as a as a as a golfer and a consumer, right? You would love to see it be driven by, like, let let's put our heads together and make a really awesome product. Let's truly collaborate and and do something unique. Not let's you know what let's you guys make a shoe and I have a logo, so let's let's put my logo on your shoe and and tweak it a little so that it it seems more like me, but it's still you. And it's you know it's. These are marketing stories, right? All right, all right. Question for you, Tony. What would what would be a badass collaboration? Take all the bygones and let them go by the wayside, and just go, man. What would be really cool? I mean, I, I think, like I said, TaylorMade and Callaway collaborating on a driver that takes like, even if you just say, hey, you take the best of your last ten years, and we take our last ten years, and we we put them all together, and I mean. Yeah, USGA, and maybe you say, you know what? Screw it. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna make this thing non-conforming and just have some fun with yes. it, which neither company would ever do. But I'm just saying, hey, if you were, if we're dreaming here, right, dude? How cool like, would that be, man? What do you think, Harry? No, I would, I would love. What that. are you thinking in your head? Like a collaboration of like pizza and like. Well, I see your head. I see some. No, ideas I'm trying to think turning. of like. <laughs> I, I would like to see Titleist and Mizuno get together. Ooh, and do what? An iron? I would say an iron. Yeah, but. And I was gonna go down the putters, but yeah, it, there's there's a lot of stuff you could you could really do with just companies in general coming together. Mm. Yeah, and I mean, you see other things like, you know, I think the one, and again, I'm not suggesting anybody's for sale. Okay, this is not a rumor. This is just me like looking at the industry and going, you know, like Cobra <laughs> makes some really great golf clubs, and Bridgestone makes a really good ball, right? And like that's. That's a brand right there. If if those two got together, right? So you talking about like putting a ball inside of a driver? Well, no, I'm like, if, if I'm so confused gonna... about what your mind's going on. About no, right I'm now. just like, hey, like you're saying, if Cobra bought Bridgestone or Bridge actually Bridgestone bought Cobra, 
it would be really good to have like a full lineup of clubs that Cobra could go do what they do really well and Bridgestone could do what they do really well. And yeah, and just and then you have sort of like more power from, you know, this You're not talking about a collab, you're talking about a merger and acquisition. <laughs> well, I mean, let's let's Voltron this thing, right? But yeah, I mean it's it's stuff like that and maybe this is going yeah, off you, pace. Would, you would just <laughs> love that? to see like one company that just like kills everything. How but, about yeah. if Callaway just buys TaylorMade? TaylorMade buys Cobra and Cobra buys Bridgestone. Like you joke, but it feels like man, we're we're slowly working towards if that, right? Foot Joy could buy one. Skechers. Here's one. What about <laughs> that would be a really good one. Uh Arcos. Arcos. Bushnell. Ooh. What about this? That's going straight what about in this? my basket. An umbrella with a gutter. Oh yeah, that's, that's not going to work. Yeah, if a gutter right. company, our local good gutter gutter company, could Sorry, buy Tony's a company. umbrella company, I'm telling you, I've got that's just my idea with the with the graphite. But Tony, like you're a smart guy, and I don't know if that's going to come off, the, get off the ground. <laughs> that's not your smartest. Yeah, it's not your Ted's smartest, balls well. is probably his smartest. <laughs> no one knows about Ted's uh, balls yet, but I can no, tell you what. I'm telling you, there, well, there, there's a project. <laughs> you sent me like a whole script. Oh yeah, no, it's I still have it. Tony yeah. sends me this like recording. I'm like, what in the hell is this? And Tony's like reading commercial for a golf ball company called Ted's Balls, and I'm like, he's serious about this. Like, <laughs> I'm glad he spends his time he's not doing joking Ted around. Balls. I haven't had that much of thought put into something like he was no, there was no bullshit around. He was like, we're doing this. I said, yeah, okay. no, we should do Ted's Balls. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how he got to Ted's Balls, but I would like to see a collab. Ted Men Callaway, that would be a really good collab. That would be the ultimate golf collab. Oh, it is. I mean, sure. it is like that's that's the one. If they did a full bag, that would be even better. But if they just came no, together like with a, a non-conforming driver, a big ass driver, yeah, the Moed, yeah, yeah. Moed plus some you know flash face plus some and, AI, yeah, with go. a computer in it. Hey, buddy. I still think I don't know if you remember there was a patent by Cleveland probably ten years ago now that had the launch monitor inside of the driver head. Do you remember that? I remember, like, and I think with Nike had some stuff with sensors in clubs, and then you realize, like, oh, this is this is really cool, and then you're like, eh, but it probably is going to be really difficult to make it stay in place, and obviously we're constantly talking about weight penalties and, and mass properties and things like that, and you're just like, yeah. Perfect gonna... transition to the next topic. Wilson! Wilson has a new uh, fair, a whole set of woods called the launch pad. Yeah. Woods, irons, right? Whole thing. Yeah. Brought me back to when we were on Driver versus Driver 2, and one of the contestants had designed a driver called Launchpad. And it actually looked really cool. Um, some people were getting good numbers on it. Uh, Sam and I both hit it, the prototype, on the first day. And the concept was that the top was removable so that you could take the top off and then change all these weights internally inside, right? Problem was, we put the top on, and the first shot blew the, blew the top right off the driver. Um, like literally like a launch pad. It just blew off. <laughs> Launched it right up, yeah. So anyway, when I saw this, Tony was like, man, is that what this is going to be? Doesn't look like that's the case, right, Tony? No, I was, I will admit to being disappointed. It's not a knock on the Wilson product. Like it's, it's again, it's in that slower swing speed space that seems to be growing more and more. But yeah, when I saw launch pad, I'm like, oh, are they doing it? Are they going to, have they figured out a way to make the crown stay on this thing? Because you know, Wilson isn't the first, and the driver versus driver launch pad wasn't the first time that this removable crown design has, has been attempted. I I know others that have tried tried it. I've spoken to them about it, and they said, you know, when they saw the Wilson one, basically the response was, good luck, we tried it. You just can't get the crown to stay on. There's just too much force and impact. So it's not that. So How about, how about what's, what's that one that you, like if it's leaking water, you stick that tape on it. What's that called? <laughs> yeah, the flexi I mean, seal. Flexi seal. Oh, like, flex seal. <laughs> just flex this. And stick a tape you on it, like and that boom. plexiglass boat that's all like sprayed yeah. with uh, yeah. flex seal. Maybe yeah. you can just stick a bit of tape on it. Hey, the golf industry needs some new materials. Flex seal might be where it's at. I don't know. <laughs> flex seal crown. There you go. Yeah. So anyway, Wilson has a whole new line called Launchpad. Um, by the way, Kyle Mays, the guy that runs Cart Barn, guys, uh, he he voted for Launchpad to be the the winner, but it the top blew off of it. So. Um, Anyway, the hybrid iron that they have actually is pretty cool, and it's an emerging category, would you say, Tony? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's – so Tor Edge has been in there for years going back to, like, the bazooka line, right, where it's like a, a hybrid iron, almost a hybrid all the way through the wedge, and Cleveland – what is it? The hybrid, yeah, it looks, right? it looks hella – it looks just like Cleveland. 
Right, and so you've got yeah. those, those you know, like I said, Torridge for a long time, Cleveland for the last three, four years maybe, whatever that is, and then Cobra with T-Rail, which I think is just absolutely awesome. That one's just a lot of fun, and now Wilson, and you're seeing like, I think what you're starting to see in general is an acknowledgement that the golfing population is getting older, and we're losing speed, right? And so we're going to need more help getting the ball in the air. And so rather than sort of jack the lofts and, and have 18-degree nine irons, which seems to be about where we're headed, uh, and, and and talk about you know 10 more yards with a seven iron or whatever the hell it is that you want to get excited about, it's just like, hey, this is really easy to hit, and you can get it in the air, and it'll go straight. You should try it. And well, are you, are, you, are you seeing a part... Um of the industry where the, yes, they're going to the hybrid sets where it's easy to get the ball up um, because of the CG and all that stuff. And then you're seeing a side that's more Jack lofts. Let's hit it further. You're not seeing traditional loft irons, which some pros like to like to still have. If you, yeah, I mean, you've got to go to like a, a true blade to get close. But again, even, even with, with a blade now, you know they're they're pushing center of gravity's lower, so you're getting more, more, more launch, higher launch for your for your loft, and so it does yeah. actually make sense to strengthen those lofts a little bit in some cases. Where you get into it, where you run into a problem is is for the guy who has lost so much head speed that he can't convert that that static loft into the dynamic loft that sort of the design allows for. So if you're if you're not getting the benefit right, if you're not adding loft at impact because that center of gravity is low and deep and you know your shaft is is flexing and giving you that if you're not doing that then then these jack lofts you're seeing on almost everything are going to hurt you now for higher swing speed guys and even you know medium speed guys some of these that stuff is still playable but man if if you're the aging golfer who's losing speed you can't get that stuff in the air so I think I've just solved the industry for traditional lofts if you're losing speed that way have like a little explosion in the back of the club where it generates that little kick point and then bang. A little M80 in the back. It could just... be like, all right, all right, you're too slow, you're too slow, you're too slow. Hey, and we then... had that, the piston. That, yeah, that, what was that club with the like piston. A CO'd cartridge? It was, yeah. A, yeah, yeah, it was a shotgun shell. It was called a piston driver and you could, yeah. It was... <laughs> just put the, right, you just put it right behind the ball and press a button. It was 220 yards every time. Yeah. <laughs> well, you, you could, could actually, actually dial it back, right? Yeah, you could dial it back to like 50 yards, I think. Yeah. How much was that club? Do you remember? I think it was a grand. A thousand dollars for that driver. Didn't you? Didn't you have some issues trying to get that through security going to Orlando last year? Yeah. Yes, we security. did. Security, <laughs> they got us. <laughs> Are you carrying shots. a gun onto the plane? <laughs> kind no, of. It's, it's more distance, sir. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Well, speaking. Well, so if you are somebody that has troubles once again getting it up, kind of like the Cobra F Max, Wilson has a product for you called the Launch Pad, the Hybrid Set, and the Irons. And, you know, the Fairway Woods and the drivers can help with that as well. And speaking of aging demographics uh, or the aging Tony. demographic, <laughs> John Barber, um, the Asics. <laughs> it's fine. The Asics has a new golf shoe. So Cleveland Srixon Asics or Cleveland Srixon Zexio Asics Asic, now, yeah. right? So Asics has released a new shoe that is golf specific. And, you know, you get kind of a polarizing debate right you've got the younger golfer that goes there ain't no way in hell i'm wearing this and then you got a, a combination of a couple things on this side let's take for example running right a runner that loves asics doesn't give a damn what their asics shoe looks like when that new model comes out the next year it could be purple pink orange green yellow they buy it because they know that's the same shoe they had last year right maybe a minor improvement and it's a great running shoe um, so you have the person that knows that to be true in the running category, sees Asics come out with a shoe in golf and goes, I would give it a shot. And then you also have the aging demographic that doesn't really care as much necessarily about, you know, having the hottest, coolest looking shoe. New, new balance. Yeah. And just says, hey, is this thing functional for walking 18, 27 and, and it isn't going to hurt my yeah. body, right? So... Anyway, they've got some interesting looking models. You've got some early opinions on them. Um, I know that you weren't that impressed with the comfort level of them, comparatively speaking to some others. Well, right? not the comfort in general. It's just the way the material folds into your foot. Well, that was with one. With the one one shoe, yes. Yeah. The other one is very very comfortable. Okay. The only thing with it is, I didn't do a, a, a big enough test, but 
the uh, stability in within the shoe might lack a little bit purely because it's it's like a mesh material. It's one of those ones where. Does it seem like they didn't build a real golf shoe specific for golf? Like, you know, like when we try shoes that do really good in the yeah. shoe testing, you can tell that there was some thought put into the motion of a golf swing, right? Yeah. And what needs to be there. And where, you where think, to put the weight and stability. And yeah. Do you think this. Asics just took a running shoe and made it waterproof for golf? I, I, I can't really, I don't know. I don't know. It looks like it, but yeah. I'm just, in, I'm looking forward to putting it to the test because yeah. that's where we'll find out if it's really up to standard or not. I think it's great that there's another option for sure. Um, yeah. And you know, there's some really bad golf shoes, really bad golf shoes. I mean, really bad, like shockingly bad when we test them. Yeah. Right? Like 20 years old, like stuck 20 years in the, in the past. There are certain names that have become, um, beloved by golfers. And when we test them, I see no reason why they should be loved by golfers. Well, take foot joy, for example, the, the, um, the, the dry joys. Okay. Where the you you can get them spec the so heavy that your feet and your legs are tired at the end of an eighteen hole round. Well here's what I would say. I'd say foot joy is overrated in my opinion in regards to performance, but they have an option for almost every type of golfer, that right? Is, or the sizes, yeah. They got they got every single they thing. they have a huge range and yep. their sizing like they can fit your foot guaranteed. Now not everybody buys the right not size. Not only can but... they fit your foot, but they can fit your preference on stability, which yep. You know, some companies that make shoe uh, golf shoes give you one shoe and that's all you yeah, get, right? Here it is, yeah. Yeah, so the strength of foot joy, in my opinion, is the fact that they can drill down to the specific characteristics a, an individual golfer desires, right? But I think Asics coming into golf shoes could get better very quickly. I agree, yeah. They have so many different running shoes yeah. for different people. I'm not sure how hard it would be to implement that into a golf shoe, but... And I think they've hey. already sold a set to Barba, so... Any BOA models? Yep. All right. Yeah. You're an old, you're an aging demographic. You, yeah, you're yeah. up there. I am an aging, aging rapidly. <laughs> you look younger today with that beard shave, man. I know. Yeah, I feel like a new man. The only problem I have with BOA is... You shut your I mouth. I guess if you don't have that two... That two... <laughs> All right, sandwiches. If you, uh, if you don't have that two BOA system where you can tighten the uh, side... When I tighten the top, it didn't mold to the mid part of my foot on the top and it kind of left it loose and then it caused the crease um, when I'm when I'm walking. Okay. Seriously, you laughing about it, but you're gonna it's gonna annoy the shit out of you when you uh, start walking. I love bow. I don't know what you're talking about. Laces are for suckers. We've covered hey, this. Hey, I've always wanted to see an alien and boa just makes me... Oh, I thought you were going to talk good. about Tony then. I was like, oh, <laughs> my, uh, that's why I love Boas. Oh, dude. My, my in-laws were here last weekend and uh, my nephew, who's like 18 months, was here and he was wearing his little Velcro shoes and I, I thought of you. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a big Velcro fan, to be honest. Hey, don't hate on Velcro, man. You know you love it. If you can make Velcro look like even a little cool. like <laughs> It is cool. Board. What are you on I'd about? On it's Velcro. Just think if you put like more Velcros like Boa, you're like... Velcro like kind of on the side area, the if front you, area. If you had Velcro shoes just everywhere, Velcro, yeah. and then put a wheelie on the bottom, Matt would buy Ooh. Well, you know, Matt, like Matt would buy those Yeah, our video guy, just so everybody knows, when he first started working here, I was like doing work in the office and I was like, dude, this guy's like gliding. Like, how the <laughs> like what is, this guy's just like zooming by I'm like, me. I'm yeah, like what is going is. on? And he's, he's got his wheelies. Wheelies. He's like, like killing I haven't it. seen those in a while. Uh, you know, it's like. You joke about the way the boa dials look and things like that. Like Footjoy, I believe, has an exclusive on boa on the back of a shoe. So they they tuck it away on the heel, and mm. Adidas can't put it there because I don't know how the licensing works and, and whatever. But basically, so Adidas has to put it in other places. Got that exclusive back heel UFO. Yeah, so, you know. Hey, what if they put wheelies on golf shoes, but... They were almost like golf carts, so like powered you through like down the down the. This cart feels path. like one for Randy. That's <laughs> Friday's so, golf. That That's a Randy problem. Yeah. Put some rockets on his shoes. He needs to invent one. Beverly Hills Country it. Club. Yeah. Or whatever he calls his golf Get course. A, yeah. I could just see it though. <laughs> I could see him going, and it will go too far, and it'll just face plant into some like cowpat. I think his dad would end up in the pond. All right. Well, that's enough. That's enough about Asics shoes. Um, by the way, uh, this week, Tommy Armour visited my Spy and brought uh, what they will be coming out with in 2020. And uh, 
Tommy Armour, for those that don't know, is the house brand for dicks, right? And Tommy Armour was a huge name for a long time. The 845 still this day is one of the most famous set of irons during the 90s that was, you know, ever sold, right? And anybody that had a set remembers them and has fine memories of them and can always kind of remember where they were when they saw their first set. It's just a, it's one of those sets, you know, that everybody kind of remembers. And this year, they will be coming back out with the 845s. Tommy Armour, first couple years, was trying to find their place, right? And they were hardcore dedicated to making it a serious brand. And obviously, there's people out there that joke about Tommy Armour right now because it's in Dick's and it's a house brand. Well, and you you got to remember too, right? There was that there was that period of time where it was the the house brand at Sports Authority, right? And yes. it just wasn't like it was at Dick's for a while, and then it was at Sports Authority, and it was it was dirt cheap, and the quality was piss poor. So it's understandable, and we know golfers have long memories. So I guess the takeaway here is like it's not that garbage anymore. Yeah, far so, from it. Yeah, so starting from where they go, they're going to a very good, respectable foundry. The foundry they they get their stuff from makes most of the really high end Japanese brands. Um, so Mariman, uh, the, the list PLGR. goes on. PRGR, the list goes on and on, right? Um, they also do some really popular brands here. Um, so really, the issue that Tommy Armour I see has is finding their place and being considered as a serious brand under a house brand name. And to do that, you have to do a few things. You have to establish yourself as that, right? And they've got a foundation for that, I think, with the ball. They're starting, meaning that Max Fly ball is a good ball. It's a consistent ball. They've got some proprietary tech that no one else really uses. So they've, they've kind of got a space there, some real estate that's theirs. Where they need to hit their stride is in their club line. I right? agree, yep. And... They tried some few things that didn't do bad, believe it or not. You know, the putter obviously won the last two years in the mallet category, so it's legit. Even though the quality might not be like full milled, um, yeah, it performs at ninety nine bucks. And I don't know another product we've tested for ninety nine bucks that's won two years in a row. So mm-hmm. um, the putter did well. The ball did very well in our test. So they've got two things right, but they were trying kind of like TaylorMade did with wedges for years. Every year they were trying something different, right, with clubs. Now this year is the 845s, and I think they can, if they stick to that family and just kind of evolve it. I think that they're going to do very, very well. Yeah. And it might take a couple of years or a year or so for people to really take them seriously, but this product is nice. Yeah, so people can say what they want, man, but two things that stepped out at, and got my attention right away were two things. Was when I walked in and saw the putters, right? They've got a new 100% milled series of putters, and I'm not saying they're going to perform better, but they are taking the serious golfer seriously when they're making products. It's cool. And they have really high-end head covers. They've got really nice mill job by the foundry that's doing their work. And an interesting story behind the chili peppers that goes on each different putter, <laughs> that which was, was, fun, that was really fun. cool. And then the next thing is the 845 forged irons. And, you know, granted, we're going out of line and looking at a bunch of clubs, and then we're hitting them, right? And the first thing we did was set down that forged iron and went, whoa. Mm-hmm. Like, that thing looks real, right? That's AP2 right it there. It looks like a Titleist AP2. Exactly. Like and then you look at the back, and it looks like um, uh, a Titleist. T- yeah, the new ones. The, the, uh, the TS TM- series. Yeah, yeah. And then when you hit it, it's a forged uh, hollow body. And the face is the same material that PXG uses in theirs. Um, I don't know if they use it in all theirs, but it's the, what, HT1770, Tony? Is that right? It's, yeah, sounds right. HT17 so, something, sure. Yeah. Miraging steel. Yeah, so we we had all, we have all the heads there broken down with all the tech in them, and it's it's legit, you know? It felt good. Now, the irons are strong lofted. It's yep. a player's distance iron, so that's it is what it is, right? What was the seven iron? Well, yeah, with the Atomics, it, right? Last year were like super strong, super lofted. strong. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. were really strong. Uh, I can't remember the. I can't remember what the seven line was. I but think it's a degree weaker than the Atomics. Uh, uh, yeah, which is still strong. Yes. No, it's not competing with the launch pad. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so strong lofted iron is what it is. But feel wise, I'm going to tell you right now, uh, this thing feels as good as almost any forged iron you are going to hit. Yeah. Well, for those out there that want to know just a quick spin rate i was spinning it about 47 to five thousand revs with, the um, six with a seven, seven nine seven and and that's that's a little bit low 
That's a jacked iron. Yep. And I spend I spend my seven iron, uh, my Strix and seven eight fives about five four. Okay, so um, five hundred less. Yeah, and Players yeah, they were going they were going further, but. Am I going to hold greens with them? Well, it depends well, on your descent angle and stuff like that, yeah, obviously. exactly. So but what's the... What, how are they pricing them? Because that's that's the thing, right? Can you differentiate yourself? Like, if I'm if I'm going into a Dix and there's a Tommy Armour next to, let's say, a Callaway and they're priced about the same? No. Tough sell. Here's the advantage Dix has, right? Or one of the advantages, I guess. They've got three tiers of stores. The Pro Plus, the Pro, and then... The average store, yeah, right? It's so, just dicks. <laughs> yeah. It's a, yeah, exactly. So I asked him, I said, okay, what's our local store, which is a really big dick store, but it's based on the square footage of the golf area, right? So our golf area isn't that big. It's the lowest tiered. And the service in there is not great, you know? And it's kind of, it's not up to snuff with what we would like to see, right? But the Pro Plus stores is where they're going to put their top tier irons. The 845 Forge are going to be $9.99, but only available from what I remember in Pro Plus stores, okay? Then the next one, they learned their lesson from last year, and they brought their prices down. They're going to be $4.99 for the full set in the other of, stores. Of, for irons? Yes. 500 bucks for a set of irons. Drivers are going to be $249 or $299. Milled, full milled putter, I don't know of 100% milled putter that's cheaper than this. 100% milled putter at $249, and then... The the putter's still ninety nine. Well, okay? here's here's the tough thing about it is if you price them too low, you're not taken seriously. If you price them too high, you might as well you might as well get like a Titleist or a, you know one of those. Guys. That's true, but golf has offered up this great opportunity for companies right now to hit that middle. I agree, area. and I think they're going to do it. So yep, so they're going to be in that tour tour edge pricing range, right? So it'll be interesting to see. And granted, they're not going to be in every place that you can go get fit. Sticks. It's a but big still, brand. It, it, I would, I would go drive to go hit those irons or go buy those irons because we we just hit them and I couldn't st- I couldn't put it down. Well, that's what I would say. Like if you if you haven't considered the Tommy Armor brand to be something that you would try, I would say this year if you get the opportunity, at least do a couple things. And you know, if you're only going to try one, try the 845 Forge iron. If money is an object, right? Like that's. Yep. And if you're not the driver, I would say this year they're leaning towards something that would be a, a fit for a broader stroke of golfer. So a little bit uh, for draw bias yeah, golfer, but it golfer. felt great too. Better than last year's driver. A lot better than, yeah, better than last year's driver. I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't put the eyes down. Last year, at least from our data, seemed like a, a step back from the previous year. So I would agree. For what, and, for what that's worth. And the problem that they had last year too was the crown and that was just I couldn't take that serious, you know. It just didn't look good. It had like the the uh, turbulator type styling, but on oh, the top, right. yeah. And it was just like really raised, like ten raised fins. Yeah, um, yeah, and it was just like let's you know let's do this to do this, not let's yep. do this and and actually achieve something by doing it. So, but they have a dedicated team to make sure that Tommy R is taking a is a brand to take seriously. Yeah, I would say that. I'm impressed with the level of seriousness they're putting behind the brand. Is what well, I would say. From from a foundry standpoint, from going to a place that has great credibility and make a good product, yep. and they're spending the money to make sure the consumer gets a good product in their hands. So yeah, and they're going to do some interesting things this year, and they've got a really interesting three year plan that tells me that they're serious about evolving sure, yeah. the brand. So anyway, Tommy Armor, if you get a chance, give them a shot. Uh, definitely the ball for sure. I think any golfer should give that golf ball a try. Mm-hmm. Uh, see if it's a good fit for you. And what you. ball was that? Uh, it's the Max Fly uh, golf balls that they have. Yep. So, for everyone out there. Anyway, other than that, the last thing is kind of just to let everybody know what's happening inside the My Golf Spy studio. Things that have arrived at the studio. Things that are getting ready to happen at the studio. Just so you can kind of have an understanding of that. And oh, um, this will be good because I'm not there. I don't know. <laughs> so one thing is most wanted testing starts monday monday for 2020 we start in 2019 yeah so the only brand that still hasn't gotten back to us is still tailor-made so tomorrow's a deadline tomorrow's a deadline tailor-made we'd love to have you in it and i'm sure a lot of other golfers would um call but, me <laughs> <laughs> um other than that um 
What starts Monday specifically? Drivers. Drivers and then and putters then, after that. And then putters, I'm going to try and sneak in just before Christmas, if not just after Christmas. To start that. Yeah. All right. And then uh, that also means that our new golf ball will that we're using for testing this year will also be here, correct? That will be here tomorrow. And what's that? It's a secret. It's a secret. Is it still hey, we a already told people. We already told people we were moving. <laughs> Secrets out. The new, right, well, it's I mean, not a it's, secret. <laughs> it's we 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 are not allowed to disclose any of the technology. Not that it's been fully disclosed to us. We've gotten hints here and there, but yeah, we we mentioned it. We are moving to the new uh, 2020 Tour BX and moving away from the the RX which we've used in the past. So and who's playing that ball right now? Oh, well, it's Isn't it Bryson. It's it's the Bryson ball. It's the Lexi ball. Yeah. So it's you know it's a higher compression ball than we used in the past. It's it's going to be f- faster, right? Yeah. It's going to and it. Uh, the other thing for us is we th- we think we're going to see a little higher spin rates on irons and wedges, which is something we we like to speaking see. Speaking well, of so. speaking of soft, Matt made a new uh, giphy for Instagram followers. Um, <laughs> type in my golf spy on your uh, Instagram giphy. Check it out. Yep, hashtag thing and see the new one that he came out with today. It was pretty good. Yeah. I laughed my ass off. Other than that, we also have a new driver that came in from Honma that just hit the USGA list called the TR20, and you've got to see that, correct? Just about when I was leaving to come here, it arrived in the studio, and they have a um, a 460 model and a 440 model okay. for a little bit more workability, and it looks good. I talked to somebody at one of the foundries recently and said, what is the coolest project you've been working on in the last X amount of years? And he said, the Honma for 2021. So yeah, <laughs> it's crazy. Like how far out they are with prototypes and, you know, trying yeah, to validate nice. designs and seeing if the, uh, the shit they're cooking up in the kitchen will actually work. But to, to speak to somebody that's been a player at one of those founders for a very long time and to ask them what's the coolest thing to hear the name Honma be in that, that and not a tailor-made Callaway was kind of shocking, right? And go, man, they they're really they're really coming after it, you know. Uh, well, I mean, the, the new Honma guys, right, are, are old school tailor-made guys for the you know some of them anyway, right? So they're there's tailor-made in that DNA, and that's a company that historically has has known how to make drivers, and so you would assume that the guys uh, the guys moving over and, and going to Honma have a good idea what they need to do as well. So not surprising. Just because it's Honma in general, they're a new brand that comes to North America. It's one of the exciting ones that I'm really like, I really want to test that club. And I'm lucky enough to test it um, against every driver on the market pretty much. Well, so, what's cool for us, right, is like the Taylor McCallways we're going to test, right, every year. I'm excited to still test those. But the new brands are cool. Like for this year, you know, you've got the Honmas. Links you've got are in. PXG, you've got Links. You've got, Ennis, you've got Ennis from France that's got some interesting products. Yeah, which you've got hopefully Tommy they're going to be in there, yeah. Yeah. I mean, just just looking at the the field across the board and and who is you know so Callaway is back participating voluntarily for the first time in four years, give or take. I'd have to. It's Maybe been a while. Know. Ben Hogan skipped last year. They're back. We've got in the driver test just about everything you could think of that that you would consider a legitimate brand. You know, from beginning with the the lower priced offerings like. You know, Tour Edge and, and Sub Seventy, and all the way up to the the premium stuff, the PXGs, and and obviously the the Callaways and and the Titleists, and just kind of that mass market stuff and everything in between. And you know, with a cross fingers, Taylor Made will be in as well. Um, but that's that is really at this point, and that is pending, right? They haven't told us no. That one is pending, and they are legitimately the only the only major brand and even mid-sized brand and arguably even smaller brand that's not fully on board with us this year and that's that's really exciting and you know certainly we're we're just really excited and and just thank you thank you everybody i mean just it's awesome just really really grateful too like this is like we've worked hard at this and to see that you know we we've got widespread buy into what we're doing and and how we do things and what we put into every one of these tests like it's yeah it's it's just super cool it's an exciting time to be at my goal spot. This sure. 2020 will be by far the best, most wanted year of testing that we've ever had. We've gotten better every year, I think. But I think what we've worked on for the last probably couple months, there's going to be some cool new features in 2020 testing. We're going to have probably the best field in all the testing we've had. We've gotten the better, the data will be the best that we've had. 
I think the displays that we're working on to help golfers find those products will be the best that we've ever done. So I think by far this is going to be the best year for consumers to find the right product for them uh, via My Golf Spy if they come to us. And uh, like you said, just grateful that it's pretty it's pretty cool. Like My Golf Spy has been doing this 10 years now. And I do think we have made a difference in the industry. And I think that the testing has made a difference in the industry. I think it's helping golfers. And um, now to get the industry participating more in that voluntarily, like you said, Tony, is is a good thing for all parties involved, in, in my opinion. And that starts with the consumer, right? So, yeah. We're always looking for testers. So if you are in the Hampton Roads area in Virginia, Newport News, Yorktown, all that kind of stuff, we're always looking for new testers. So please either hit me up um, on harry.nobwell at mygolspy.com or uh, contact at mygolspy. Always looking for new testers. Doesn't matter handicap, we can... Well, the, well, I'll take that back. The, <laughs> the handicap cutoff is 18. Um, but for those guys who are like a higher handicap, you could be fantastic at driving and not as good as passing, but we'll have a test for you that uh, we can get to your strength. So we're always looking for you guys. And what just uh, before we got started the show today, what was the golf tour that you were talking about joining next year? Uh, possibly Swing Thought. If anybody knows anything about the Swing Thought golf tour, let Harry know. Or if anyone knows... If anyone knows of a tour that you think I should give a go, just DM me on Twitter or Instagram and um, I really want to know your thoughts because I'm in between um, tours right now. In between tours. Yeah. Me too. Which is kind of a... Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. So anything else that you would like to talk about? I know that there's a black box that you I can't, can't talk I about. I can't. Apparently, Tony said no. Tony said no. you can't talk? Yeah, he's, you like, he's like my dad. He's like, No. Cannot no, talk no. about that. Put it this way, it's the coolest box in golf. That might be a hint. Yeah, yeah. You screw that. I'm the I'm the guy that has to deal with it. So <laughs> yes. Oh, I, I want to tell him now. <laughs> you looking forward to the PGA show this year, Tony? No. No. I am. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. I don't know what. You're Are doing. you? Yeah. What I are you looking forward, forward to, to most? Riding that fin scooter again? That is pretty cool. You like that? You look cool. I look cool, no, right? I mean, sixty-five <laughs> percent of them said I look cool. <laughs> it's good. I mean, it is. It is good to see everybody, and a lot of these people you only see once, maybe twice a year. So it's good to catch up. All right, that's it, everybody, for this week of No Puts Given, episode twenty-six. Got a comment? Leave one. Got a review? We'd love to see it, hear it, read it, whatever. And until next week, we out. <laughs>